Amen. Well, hello, everyone. Happy New uh, Year to you, if I haven't already seen you, if you weren't here uh, last week. Hope you had an amazing Christmas. Um, uh, we did, and it feels like so much has happened in, sh- in such a short space of time, and, and here we find ourselves in 2022. And if you've been here uh, for a number of years, certainly there's quite a few of you that have been here from the beginning for all six years, you'll remember that every year in January, we've done a 40 days of series. But I wonder how many of you can remember the series that we've done in previous years. Can any of you remember any of the series that we've done at the beginning of the years? Let Let me remind you. The first year we did 40 days of purpose. We went through Rick Warren's book. Then we did 40 days of community. We did 40 days of spiritual rhythms, 40 days of invitation. And last year we did 40 days of culture. And this year we're doing 40 days of reset. And a lot of what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks comes uh, from this book written by David Murray called uh, Reset. Uh, Maybe you want to get yourself a copy. And the overarching thing really is living a grace-paced life in a burnout culture. Um, We won't cover the whole book. Uh, We're just going to use some of the themes uh, and and some of the the content to create this series. But my observation of our world and our culture is that everything seems to be full throttle. It's like instant, quick access to anything. People rushing and and busy and moving through life, kind of head down, full speed ahead. And to add to this ever crazy pace of life, yet again, 2022, we move into another uncertain year with this pandemic and all of its effects. But let let me remind you, friends, of one thing in this coming new year because it's absolutely clear and it's above everything else that God's unstoppable, all-powerful, never-ending grace is with us. The question is, how do we remain grace-paced in a burnout culture? Our culture often is set up in a way that propels people time and time again towards burnout. I come across people all the time that are struggling uh, to deal with in healthy ways that that the hardships, that the difficulties, the stresses, the anxieties of life. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I can get sucked into this kind of uh, vortex of of mind and emotions, uh, everything racing because of what's going on in the culture around me. Often there's so many different things competing for my attention. And then, of course, me and you have this inner monologue that is either helping us or hindering us. So this morning, I want to suggest to us that we need to not be living on this path that leads to burnout, but to reset our lives here at the beginning of 2022 around grace. See, see, we know that we're saved by grace, but the question is, do we live from that place of grace every day? Does grace work through our, our motivations and our behaviors and our desires? 
See, if we don't live from a place of grace, we actually end up drawing our strength from other things. And what I see happening when people draw their strength from other things other than God's grace is that they end up on this road to burnout. Burnout with with jobs, burnout in relationships, sometimes burnout with God. Now, this issue didn't start in in the 20th century or the 21st century, and it's not just a problem in this nation. It's always been an issue for us humans all over the world. We, we, we somehow we strive to look for sources of strength outside of God's grace. And of course, his grace is found in Jesus. In 2 Timothy 2.1, the apostle Paul is speaking to this young guy called Timothy, and he says this to Timothy. He says, you then, my son... Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So let me open up this verse a little bit. The context here is that just before Paul says this, he basically tells Timothy, Timothy, you're going to need to step up, step up into suffering. He's like, Timothy, we're not going to be ashamed of the gospel anymore. Uh, You're not going to be ashamed of it. I'm not going to be ashamed of it. He's like, Timothy, no more timidity. He's like, you need to step up into the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Paul goes on to tell Timothy that there are people opposing both him and the gospel. Coming back to this verse, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And Paul is actually saying this to Timothy, but I think he's actually speaking to all of us as well. You then, because we all have these circumstances surrounding our relationships. We have hardships, things that cause us stress, maybe even sleepless nights. And Paul is saying to Timothy and to us, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And the reason that he's saying this to Timothy, the reason that he's saying this to us is sadly because we do seek to find strength in other things other than the grace of Jesus. We try to find strength in our bank accounts, our social status, our families, our relationships, our property, our prestige, our careers. The list goes on and on and on. And the reality is all these other things, that they're not reliable sources for us to find strength. But the biggest problem that all these things, uh, the biggest problem that all these things have on us is that it can make us look like everything's okay. Like from the outside, we can make it look like everything's okay. And sadly, over the years, having walked uh, with many pastors, the calling, the job role, the vocation of a pastor is notorious for this. Sometimes, Pastors lead from a place of glory to God, and other pastors lead from a place of self-promotion and ego. Outwardly, the two might look the same, but inwardly, one is striving on the grace of Jesus, and the other is drawing strength from self-promotion, and actually is on a road to burnout. In Philippians 1, Paul talks about the fact that he's in prison, that he's in chains. He references the fact that even people sharing the gospel 
are sharing the gospel out of selfish ambition, verse 17. So even when it comes to evangelism, in in sharing the good news of Jesus, there are those that share it from finding strength in Jesus, and there are others that do it from out out of selfishness. Outwardly, they may look the same, but inwardly, there are two completely different postures. One person is growing and changing and becoming more like Jesus. The other is slowly burning out. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. See, this grace isn't random. It doesn't come from anywhere else other than Jesus, and it's only found in him. We can't find grace in our parents or in our families or in our jobs or in our skill set, our careers, our CVs. It's found in Jesus and Jesus alone. And of course, it's God's grace that saves us and makes us right with him. But often, I think we forget to live out of that same grace in our daily lives. See, the grace we're given in Jesus is there for us every moment of every day, always. Amen? So as we step into this new year, there are three aspects of God's grace that I want us to try and focus on, to realign ourselves to, to help us live this grace-paced life. As we talk about this, I'm going to use an illustration that hopefully is going to come up on the screen of an assembly line. At first glance, it looks like everyone is doing the same thing. But when each person goes home, one person has had a terrible day, whilst the other person has had a great day. One person's thinking about quitting. On the other hand, the other person cannot wait to get back to work in the morning. So depending on what's going on internally depends on their experience that day. So as we look at these three different aspects of God's grace, I'm going to introduce you to different people on this assembly line. So the first aspect of God's grace I want us to think about this morning is the motivating power of grace. Let me introduce you to some of the people on this assembly line so we understand what's going on inside. The first person on this assembly line is Mr. Cash. And all that goes through Mr. Cash's mind is how can he make more money every single day? How can he be more profitable with what is going on through his hands? That's his focus every day, Mr. Cash. The next person on this assembly line is Mrs. Ambitious. And she's working and producing and developing. And all that she thinks about is, how can I get a promotion? How can I take the next step up the ladder? She's super career-focused. Next in line is Mrs. Pleaser. And her thoughts are, how can I make my supervisor happy? And how can I make my boss happy? How can I make my colleagues happy? How can I make sure that everyone is just okay with me? And then we have another person on this line, Mr. Selfish, and he's just thinking about how can he get personal satisfaction out of his job, and uh, he's thinking about it all the time because he's super selfish. 
Now, all of these people outwardly are working really hard. They're being productive. But inwardly, they're struggling. And potentially over time, they're on their way to exhaustion, to burnout. However, then we have on the assembly line, Mr. Grace. And Mr. Grace thinks like this. He thinks, in view of God's incredible grace to me in Jesus, how on this assembly line can I serve others? How can I extend to them the grace that is so freely been given to me in Jesus. And more than that, Mr. Grace finds his strength in Jesus, so he has the power to keep giving it away to others. He's not burning out. He's actually growing and becoming more like Jesus. See, outwardly, they all might look identical, but inwardly, they're all experiencing completely different things. The first four people on this assembly line, they're all striving. And often that ends up to stress, anxiety, fear, exhaustion. And over time, they slowly burn out. But Mr. Grace is energized. He's empowered and strengthened by gratitude. Think about this. Just like this assembly line, We could get a whole load of Christians and line them up in a line, all of them who are really uh, living to try and live out the kingdom life. Many could be be doing this, however, with wrong mindsets, wrong wrong motivations. So instead of increasing in joy and, and, and seeking to honor Jesus, they're actually getting exhausted. They're getting worn out. They're moving towards burnout. And I think if we're honest, we've all been there at some point. Maybe that's you right now. That's why I think at the beginning of this year, we want to reset our lives afresh on God's grace. Now, over the years, I've heard people say that if we talk too much about grace from the front, then people will take advantage of it. And they'll use it as a license to sin, to do whatever they want. People will say, well, I'm forgiven, so I can just live however I please. But let me make this super clear this morning. That is an incorrect understanding of biblical grace. In Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, it says this. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It, i.e. the grace, teaches us, i.e. the grace is a teacher here and we're the students, to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. So understanding and learning from grace doesn't mean that we can just do whatever we want, sin, and then somehow go, well, it's all okay because I'm saved by grace. Rather, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And then positively, it teaches us to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. If we truly understand grace, we don't abuse it. We draw strength from it. If we truly understand grace, we don't waste energy trying to earn it. We simply receive it and live out 
of it. Now, you could go a step further and say that the gospel takes our understanding of grace even further. We begin to see the gospel not just as salvation we received in a moment, but as a salvation that affects everything, doesn't it? Past, present, and future. See, we have past grace, don't we? We enjoy the fact that we are forgiven of all our sins from the past, even from two minutes ago. And at the exact same time, we learn from the gospel that his grace, presence, and power is active right now in our lives. We are right now, in a present tense, experiencing, living in his undeserved grace. That Jesus is never going to give up on us. And more than that, his grace is not just for yesterday and today, but also we have future grace Tomorrow will yet be another day filled with his presence and power. It's almost like he's already gone before us. And he's, if you like, paved the road ahead. And all that we have to do is walk on it. See, tomorrow and a week from now, a month from now, a decade from now, it's already covered by God's future grace. His grace secures us yesterday, today, and forever. It's Jesus' grace that saves us and transforms us. And one day in the future will fully restore us in the presence of King Jesus. And we can draw strength from this incredible truth. God's grace is past, present, and future. And we don't work for it. We simply live in and out of it. We need to be inspired by it. We need to look forward to it. It motivates us. It encourages us. It empowers us. It fills us with passion and persistence and fervor and joy. It's truly motivating grace. The second aspect of grace I want us to look at this morning is the moderating power of grace. So if we go back to the picture of the assembly line, Let's see a few more people on here. Next on the line is Mrs. Perfectionist, whose thinking constantly tells her that her performance must be flawless. And whenever Mrs. Perfectionist messes up, she really gives herself a hard time. There's no voice in Mrs. Perfectionist's world louder than our own internal critic. Her own internal critic screams at her all the time, reminding her of her failures, reminding her of the fact that she's come up short. And her response is often frustration and anger and being worn out, being internally battered. She doesn't understand that no one is perfect and everyone falls short. Do you know a Mrs. or Mr. Perfectionist? Do you have one living in your head or your heart? Is this something that you struggle with? See, the difference here is that Mr. Grace knows that he's not perfect. And he accepts his flaws in his, in his work and in his relationships. And instead of tormenting himself over his imperfections, he takes those imperfections to his perfect God knowing that his perfect God extends grace even over his shortcomings. He knows that Jesus fully accepts him, not because he is perfect, but because of Jesus 
is perfect. And verses that stick out to Mr. Grace are verses like this. Uh, Psalm 46, verse 10. This has been such a source of strength for me over many years. It says, be still and know that I am God. Mr. Grace sees God looking down at him saying, slow down, my boy. Be still. Rest. Remember, no, have an awareness that you are not God and I am. See, Mr. Grace, uh, for Mr. Grace, the person of Jesus, is way more important than what he produces for Jesus. Mr. Grace is speaking to all of us, right? The person of Jesus is way more important than what we produce for Jesus. Another verse that sticks out to Mr. Grace is Psalm 4, verse 8. It says, in peace... And uh, Mr. Grace is seeing this from, a, from a, a gospel perspective. It says, I will lie down for you alone, Lord. Make me dwell in safety. He sees the world through the eyes of grace. He sees the world from a, a gospel-centered point of view. He realizes he can slow down. He can moderate himself. Do you see this, this beautiful balance that grace motivates and it also moderates. It gives us energy and gratitude to work really hard, and it causes us to rest and to slow down. Motivating grace speeds us up. Moderating grace slows us down, and both are available to us today in Jesus. The third and final aspect of grace I want us to see today is the multiplying power of grace. Let's go back to the assembly line. Now, let's just assume that on this assembly line, I know there's bits of electronic kit on there. Let's assume that they're making Bibles. This time, we meet Mr. Achiever. He thinks that his success is based upon his productivity. He truly believes that his responsibility is to produce a certain number of Bibles every day. In his head, he's got like this mental quota. And if he doesn't hit this quota, he feels like it leaves someone in the world unreached because he didn't produce enough Bibles. Mr. Grace views this differently. He works the same number of hours as Mr. Achiever, but he takes his time to pray over each Bible. He knows that it's actually up to God where the Bibles go and whose hands, ultimately, the Bibles end up in. So he works hard, but he depends on God's grace to multiply his work. So regardless of whether he meets his quota, whether he actually achieves it or goes beyond it, Mr. Grace can go home happy knowing that the results of his work are not based on him, but are based on the Lord. 1 Corinthians 3, 7 speaks directly into this. It says this, it says, So neither the one who plants, that's the one who's sharing the gospel, nor the one that waters, that's the one that's discipling someone, is anything but only God who makes things grow. So it's not my hands or your hands that cause people to come to know Jesus and it's ultimately not your hands or my hands that ultimately, um, ultimately help people grow in Jesus. Yes, we're called to share the gospel. Yes, we're called to make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. That's the mission of the church. 
We absolutely should be doing these things, but at the end of the day, it's Jesus himself who causes growth. We're called to be faithful, but in our faithfulness, we should be drawing daily strength from the grace that's found in Jesus, the one who actually causes growth. So we don't need to go home frustrated or or wondering if we failed, that we haven't achieved as much as we should have, because we know that the growth is dependent on God. He's the one who multiplies the works of all our hands. Now let me ask you, are there people on this assembly line that you can personally relate to? Mr. Cash, Mrs. Ambitious, Mrs. Pleaser, Mr. Selfish, Mrs. Perfectionist, Mr. Achiever. Each one of these ways of thinking has the potential to lead us to burnout, to stress and anxiety of of taking our eyes away from Jesus and his living grace. Where are you finding your strength at the moment? Is it in him? Is it in his grace? This coming week, is there an aspect of God's grace that you need to be working on in your life? Do you need his motivating grace to call you into action, to empower you, to strengthen you as you go into this new year? Do you need to be inspired afresh of the Jesus grace that is past, present, and future? Do you need to focus on his moderating grace? Do you need to remind yourself to slow down, to rest, to trust that he is completely in control? Or do you need to look afresh at his multiplying grace, which reminds us that that, um, it's not the work of our hands that causes things to grow, but it's his. So as we start this new year, as we start this new series, let's as a community reset our lives around God's amazing grace.